0: Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. This week, I've got a return guest. He hasn't been on in a little while. Let's welcome back Ed Vibe.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, glad to be back.
0: Glad to have you back. So, um, yes, well, thank you for being on the show. Would you like to promote anything, any website streams or anything like that?
1: Not really. Uh, my I guess my Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash advibe can't sleep because some <laughs> of us can't sleep. It mm-hmm. is all uh, one word, just straight through E D V I B E can't sleep.
0: And I think that fits just because there's just too many great games to play. Yeah. So one of the one of the games at the moment to enjoy, of course, is Magic Arena and we've got A new set that's been out for a little while, and then a new set that's coming out soon, but might not make it to arena. But we'll get to that. So, War of the Spark has been out for a little while. What do you think in general about the that set?
1: You know, I at first I seeing all the planeswalkers, I was like, this is gonna be not a whole lot of fun. But the Mm -hmm. more more I played, I was like, it's it's actually not that bad.
0: Yeah, oftentimes a planeswalker really just stops everything, and you've got to deal with it, and it has overpowered effects and everything. But this time with uncommon planeswalkers, is a whole new paradigm.
1: Yeah, they do really have good effects, but they aren't, you know, they don't pull all the attention to themselves.
0: Definitely, I've had matches where I've just left alone. I think earlier today, someone summoned the Domri, and it's like, well, I don't even care. I have flyers. I'll just go directly to the head uh and it's i didn't even have to care about their their planeswalker very much do you do you find that happens sometimes that it's just yeah let it do its thing i'll just attack the opponent
1: yeah i actually now it's like uh it's fine that it's there but it's not the main threat so it's you know i can still work on my strategy and it's not too much of a problem Mm -hmm. thus far i don't know i feel like maybe the people i've been playing haven't been utilizing them that well Mm -hmm. because i feel like they do have good potential if you do it right
0: yeah i uh, will see where it goes it's barely a month or so that the set has been out it feels like uh, not that long so uh, i guess a little over a month so think people are still figuring it out yeah i think so is there one planeswalker yourself that you're enjoying so far
1: i was given like I, i got the email to like Play or whatever, but then I, I've been playing. But um, I got uh, Obnixilus, Ob- Ob- mm-hmm. Obnixilus, Ob- however you say that, yeah. for free, and then I've been using a Really good card. Just it, it fits my playstyle to just wear people down and slowly and slow. Just you know, mm-hmm. anytime they draw a card, they take damage. That's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what? That was exactly the card I was going to pick too. So great minds think alike. Yeah, I'm enjoying Obnixilus the hate-twisted, so he's got five loyalty. What I like about him is that he also has the ability right away to to do the minus two, destroy target creature. So if there's yeah. something pesky that they've got, you can get rid of it. And it's really interesting that these like odd-numbered planeswalkers, a lot of times they have some even-numbered ability that then still keeps them on the board after they do their thing once or twice. So that's yeah. some good, interesting strategy there. When it kills a a creature, it also forces them to draw a card. But then that's where the damage happens, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's really useful.
0: And then all of these players that are like doing a lot of a lot of card drawing, like, oh, let me play my opt like I always do. But whoops, now it's gonna damage you.
1: Yeah, actually, I saw a guy play Sorin the other day, and I really want that card now, but I haven't been lucky enough to get him.
0: Hmm. What about any um? Any wild cards, maybe to to pull one?
1: Oh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Because, like, I don't know. I just thought that card was super cool. I just I'm a fan of Soren. I think that's what it is. Just lore wise and everything. I think Soren is my favorite character.
0: Mm-hmm. For some reason, like I, I, that, there's a time period there that I'm not too familiar with the story. So I suddenly realized very recently. Okay, there's a Soren Markov, and then there's an Edgar Markov.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about Edgar either cuz I don't remember him being a card or at least not in the time that I was playing.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know how it came up, but um, I'm pulling it up right here. Edgar Markov, he is in the commander sets. Oh, that's
1: why. Yeah, I, I didn't play much of the commander.
0: Yeah. Yeah, same here. I don't I don't do the precons very very much really I put stuff together from what I have but uh, I was just browsing along I'm like Edgar Markov hmm Soren Markov I guess they're related
1: I mean they have to be oh yeah yeah I pulled up the wiki it's I guess he's the only grandson of Soren
0: <laughs> okay hmm I kind of like um uh, Soren's look a little bit more in the card and in, in Edgar's card his hair looks a little weird to me and and I think uh, Soren's hair looks looks cooler to me
1: yeah he's got like uh edgar's got like the slick back hair like yeah. a very very medieval style like slick back royalty hair mm-hmm. and i think soren is just wilder
0: maybe a, maybe even a little bit more um like anime hair i would say
1: uh yeah i think uh, but that fits his nature because he's supposed to be sort of chaotic
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So another, uh, another Planeswalker that um, that I'm also liking, sort of in the vein, uh, maybe you, you like him as well, Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage. This is the one that it's mono black, and his minus one is target player discards a card. Oh, that is pretty good. He only starts with three loyalty, so you can only do it three times, and this is one of the ones that it has an odd uh number of loyalty counters and then it has an odd number um minus ability so yeah you're gonna use him up compared to obnixilus
1: yeah but i feel that he actually is pretty useful he's but you might need to protect him a little more but he's pretty useful Mm -hmm. because he's more of a he's more of a danger it's gonna be way more obvious that he's hurting you
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah and then the static ability this one is at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep if that player has one or fewer cards it deals two damage to them so there's more pinging going on from this planeswalker so definitely you want to protect them a little bit more you don't just want to summon them and start milling cards from their hand yeah you want to have something to protect
1: he is definitely more of an issue
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And it's only three mana, so that's not a big investment. Like these other planeswalkers, that would be four, five, or six mana.
1: Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like he would draw enough attention that people would prioritize him.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: I think it, as long as you come out, he can give really good pressure. But someone's gonna focus him. That's so like it's just gonna happen that people I don't know people still have that mentality of they see a planeswalker and they have to focus it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's really that important anymore this guy will definitely be an issue.
0: And if we judge by the market, I suppose Obnixilus, I guess it's on sale for about $1.23, whereas Davriel is on sale for $4.33. Yeah,
1: I I can see where that's coming from. People could utilize this guy a lot better, I think, Mm -hmm. just passively. Just having him out on the field is really good.
0: What do you think in general about all of these new walkers having these passive abilities?
1: Uh I like it. I like the change in having passive abilities. Most of them are really good. Like just just having them out there is really good.
0: Mhm. Yeah, uh I there's a there's always something that even if they're not doing their main ability, they've got something else going on. Uh there's a couple that it does something with your creatures like plus 1 plus 1, but even if you don't have a creature it's doing something else. So, yeah, these passive abilities their their new paradigm and it really makes for some complex board states
1: yeah i i played this guy with the the shield mage teo and i like gave him hex proof and i was like that is a really good card but it doesn't matter because i'm gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna kill him through combat
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah teo he's like the one of the newest planeswalkers yeah he gives you hex proof and and he makes little shields, and he also has this... Uh, you can use them twice, and he'll still hang around because he won't use himself up. Um, so, yeah, hexproof is always fun. There's uh, Karn's Bastion, which is a land. I think it's a rare land. And that's one of the tricks to then plus one your your planeswalkers because that land, it lets you proliferate. You pay four mana, tap it, and then it proliferates.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So I've done that a few times with some of these just minus walkers. Uh, I have um, I have a uh, Karn's Bastion land as well, and it it just pumps up your your planeswalkers. They can't do it themselves.
1: It's nice. It gives you a nice colorless mana, so that's pretty useful.
0: Yeah, it gives you the land, or if you need to proliferate, it gives you that too. So giving you more more options and choices, I think they've uh, th- that's a great land to to have. Are there any other War of the Spark cards that are standing out to you at the moment?
1: Uh, so the Command, the Dreadhorde, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what that card is. Uh, it's a it's pretty high mana cost. It's uh, four colors and two swamp, but it's like, choose any number of target creature and or Planeswalker cards in the Graveyard. Uh, Command, the Dreadhorde Dread Horde deals damage equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards put them into the battlefield under your control.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. like a mass steal.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty good and that's a lot of damage I feel like if you run a lot of creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like a real late game uh, end game sort of thing to play cuz you'll definitely have the mana and if you just run your creatures right, if you're willing to make that sacrifice, at least you know, go for the trades, you're definitely going to cause some damage there.
0: Mhm. Yeah, this reminds me a little bit of uh, when did it come out? Maybe corset, or it was called mnemonic betrayal. Uh, this is uh, this is um, a uh, single generic one, black one, blue. That one lets you basically steal uh, things also from from people's graveyards. You can cast this one. You do have to pay their casting cost and such, uh, but it lets you steal stuff from everyone's graveyards. And that one was from Guilds of Ravnica.
1: Wow. yeah, I really like. Uh, I was really into the whole graveyard manipulation thing um, a while ago, mm-hmm. and but I think the last few sets they weren't really good for, for doing that. So I was like, well, I, I guess I'll give up on it for now. Mm-hmm. But that card is pretty nice.
0: Mm-hmm. And on arena, the animation's really epic because if you see the card, you see some sort of some sort of skull and like there's green ectoplasm or something in in arena you there is like someone's head that opens up and this skull comes from it and then this dagger stabs it in the head and all the green stuff flies out everywhere so it's really epic Aww, animation nice i think th- i think uh, arena's doing a good job of putting some of these you know uh, static cards into a world of animation um that you can enjoy in in the game it would be cool if they had some kind of cool animation for Command the Dread Horde, like everything comes out of the graveyard, like walking to your side or something.
1: Oh, that would be cool. I think uh, like card-specific animations would be super cool to just have. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think Arena has nice bells and whistles to keep you like entertained, just to do stuff, mm-hmm. just to like play a card. You're like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I like the, what happens
0: yeah and it's cool that they're like not so they don't like lag things you play a card it does its animation and you keep on going it doesn't feel like anything lags even if you do these cool effects yeah if you play with the backgrounds of some of these battlefields do you know you can kind of like interact with them
1: yeah i've actually i've been doing that because uh at some point people take their time <laughs> and so i'm like all right well let me just click around and so, yeah, I've been having fun playing with the backgrounds.
0: I've been playing Arena for a while now, and I remember before you could do that, you would see, like, I don't know, a little lizard or something walk by, and you would tap it, nothing happens. And then eventually they did add that, that you could interact with the backgrounds and stuff would happen. Like on the, the top of Cita- uh, of Bolus Citadel, you can tap the, the buildings behind uh, the Citadel, and like they light up and they, and they ignite the beacon and all that fun stuff.
1: Right, right. I think that was like a big thing for people. They re- they were really requested that to be a feature. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: It's cool that the team listens and then um, does what it can to to apply and appease these things. Mm-hmm. Another War of the Spark card that I like is Dread Horde Invasion. It looks like we've all got a theme here. We've got black cards and related to these to these zombies, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a biased podcast of us being uh, <laughs> black players? Yeah.
0: Well, it's the funnest, it's the funnest and most evil color.
1: Oh man. I just, you know, I, I really enjoy playing black just because I feel like people are so they don't realize their life is a resource. Mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like playing black, you, you can understand that better
0: mm-hmm yeah i i listen to a lot of um mark rosewater's podcasts, you know one of the head honchos in magic and he's gone he's he's at Uh, what did I see? Like, he's like on episode 630 something. So every week he does one of these and he talks about so many theories in, in magic. And he did a few podcasts where he talks, you know, like 30 to 40 minutes about each color and its theory and all of that. And what I really liked was that he explained it in a way about black is a lot about winning at any cost. And so, yeah, your life total, you start at 20. And as long as you win with one life, you won, So if you even have to kind of hurt yourself to some degree, um, I have, um, I've been playing a little bit of commander in real life and I have, um, this card from back in the day, Lake of the Dead, it was from alliances and basically it lets you, it's a land that generates black mana, but in order to even play it, you first have to sacrifice a swamp so, okay, well, what's the trade-off? Well, once you've got that card, Lake of the Dead, you tap it, and you sacrifice another swamp, and that swamp then gives you four black mana. So, you're chewing up your own lands, but you're getting this crazy mana advantage in black, which you just have to be careful of, because obviously you can destroy all your own swamps, but you can, you right. can get pretty far with it.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, do you remember Dark Ritual? I love that card yeah. for having three mana because it's just a nice little boost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really doesn't cost anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one black mana gives you three black mana. I really like that.
1: Yeah, it's really, really worthwhile. I forgot what I was doing. because So I don't know where my physical deck is anymore, but I had four Dark Rituals in there and I had a thing that would every mana I had would give me two mana instead. Hmm. So I would just I would be able to play all four of my dark rituals Mm -hmm. and then be able to use all those for something that would give me life and hurt them for that much life Mm -hmm. for however however much swamps I controlled. Mm -hmm. And that was like a really good combo because in one turn I could think I maxed out at like eighty something damage.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. That's what the—that's um, the power of of of, uh, of of black when you when you get into it. This card, the Dreadhorde Invasion, it's gonna damage you every every turn, but it's building an army. It's building one of these little zombies. Well, once you've got that zombie as a six-six, then it gains Life Link and all of that investment that you did to get it up to that point, it comes back to you. But first there's a little bit of pain at the beginning and then there's the payoff.
1: Yeah. I think it's worth it. I think people, people really are too protective with their life and they don't use it as a resource mm-hmm. that in uh, like even time as a resource, just wearing out your opponent. Mm-hmm. That's a really important thing too. Cause you could slow play it and still like, you know, if you, if you slow play the game, I think people eventually break mm-hmm. if, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They just don't have the, the fortitude to make it f- like go through a long game. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's part of the, part of the strategy is to just wear someone down, mm-hmm. uh, physically or mentally, mm-hmm. however you want to see it.
0: That's an interesting point. I hadn't, I hadn't quite thought about that because when I play magic, when I play arena digitally, right, I don't see the person and I, I don't quite feel that I can, that I can go that route. I feel like I play in a way about, I know that they're good and I've got a bring my A game and any mistake that I do is going to be catastrophic. And obviously I, I'm, I put a really high bar for myself, but I feel that digitally there's just so many good people that there's like no room for mistakes. So to kind of slow, slow it down a little bit. I, that's interesting to think about. Cause I haven't, I don't quite play that way. I'm a little more aggro that way, but for for you, you, you kind of feel that digitally it works. It can work.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Cause I think people get frustrated really Mm. easily if Mm. things don't work out their way and so they tend to like scoop Mm. really quickly if they're just like this isn't going to work out for me they'll scoop in a few turns or like even after like 10 turns Mm. if it's not working out for them they'll just scoop because i get a lot of Mm. abandoned i just feel like no one is it's really weird that no one's willing to play out a game like they will quit before they hit zero or before they get the actual loss Mm
0: mm-hmm I I have to admit I think I, I I'd be one of those if you ran into if you ran into me I, I feel like that that like okay I've got my strategy I got my cards I got this this hand this opening hand I think my strategy is gonna come together if it starts to kind of fall apart I I think I sometimes do scoop when I see like well it's uh, I thought it was gonna work out but maybe not in real life though I think because there is that that you see the opponent that you can yeah. banter. I like to kind of also um, politic or mess with people a little bit in real life. So in real life, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think that's one thing that I can handle. But it, digitally, I feel like, no, everyone's way better than me. I got I to gotta bring my A game every single time.
1: Right, yeah. I, I like to do, the, I have the mentality where it's not over till it's over. I really have no quit until you know it's done with. Mm-hmm. I have to get the L before I'll take the L. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I won't. I won't quit out on anything, and I have to see it through all the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what most of the pros have that mentality as well. So, so that's good. You've got that because then you can uh, you can see it through, and you never know things might turn around. And I have to admit, there have been times that it had looked pretty dire for me, and then I I did keep at it, and yeah, things do turn around. And when they turn around, that's like the best feeling because it works out.
1: Yeah. And it, oh, man, it feels great when you get getting that that comeback when you know you've turned the tides like the whole game feels so much better when you mm-hmm. know you've turned everything around.
0: Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there was an, an, something like that exactly this morning. I streamed this morning and I was playing. Okay, I had such bad luck throughout the whole thing. I for whatever reason. OK, I was doing the uh, singleton event, I think, that's going on at the moment. And I took, I, I stayed with a terrible hand. It was one land. And obviously, you don't want to keep one lands. But I thought I had a low enough mana curve in my creatures and spells. That I like, okay, I just need one more land and I'm in business. Well, they were also sort of getting a little bit mana screwed, although they did have stuff going on. And I was just getting pounded and pounded. And eventually, I started to get my lands... And I started to get my pieces into play. I had Cruel Celebrant, which is when any creature dies, they lose a life and I gain a life. So things started dying. I started gaining life. They started losing life. And it was just kind of going back and forth for a while, even though my resources were really limited. I had one, two, three lands really low, and they had their five, six lands. But yeah, I was just hanging in there. And eventually there was a point where uh, we were both like at three, three life, and they were going to attack me and. I think I was, I think I was at six, six or we were both at six, six, some really low number. They, they attacked, they didn't have any blocks, but then I was down to, you know, whatever little life and things started to die. And the final creatures dying were the ones that my celebrant took off their final two life. And then I pulled it off.
1: That's yeah. That's really, really fun stuff. When you get the comeback, oh man, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's, there's a better feeling.
0: (laughs) Yes. So besides War of the Spark, which we can currently play um, on Arena, there's also Modern Horizons, which we can't quite currently play on Arena. We'll see how it goes. But um, any general thoughts on Modern Horizons?
1: Yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't like to speculate. I want to be able to, you know, try it out. You know, I want to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. So, like, looking at cards is cool but playing them out and testing them is really the only way for me to get a feel for it Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how it is when people see things like oh that's a cool combo that's a cool combo but yeah let's see it work practically
0: Mm -hmm. now would you play with these cards in terms of like buying individual cards or buying boosters or like how would you start playing them to get a feel for them
1: yeah I think I mean you have to get the cards somehow right Mm -hmm. so if I could go out And, uh, you know, physical or digital, if I could just use the cards, uh, maybe 10, 20 games in, I can finally give like an assessment of like how well you can execute like a combo. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because I see a lot of chatter online that, yeah, this card's great and combo it with this and that. And you're right. You don't quite know how it'll work out until you actually play the games. I guess the people that are the most uh ardent about it they might make some proxies about these and they'll be they'll be playing with them but yeah i i can't wait to try the cards out myself as well
1: yeah and i'm actually well okay i lost my physical deck right so i've been theory crafting myself a new deck uh with like just been looking online and seeing what cards i like and so i might just uh have a couple printouts try them out Mm -hmm. and then if i think the um you know if i think my deck is good enough i'll go buy the cards for real for real mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see how it goes
0: i'm um you know looking at all the cards and um watching a few videos here and there of people talking about the the cards and i'm interested in trying out some of these cards like um I first played Magic back in the 90s, so Ice Age and Alliances were some of my favorite sets. One for Nostalgia, one more for Little Power. Um, so one, li- one card that I'm kind of <laughs> looking at it that's kind of fun and weird is Chiller Pillar. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a blue card for four mana in total. It's a 3-3, and it's a little you know snowy caterpillar. It's a snow creature insect. So what's cool about it then, if you pay some amount of mana, it's got monstrosity too. So it'll become a 5-5 five, five, and it oh. becomes a flyer. So you start off with a little caterpillar, you feed it more mana, it becomes a 5-5 five, five, and a flyer, just like in real life.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I used to, there was this thing called Titan Titanforge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an artifact that would, I think it costs four or something to play in and every turn... You would get a counter, but after three counters, you would get a 9 9 Titan, colorless Titan on the field. Hmm. And it was just, it would just scare people because not everyone carries like anti artifact stuff, you know? So having that as just like a distraction hmm. was really useful to me because if I could pull it off and get a 9 9 Titan every three turns, I'd have a Titan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've got it up here. And because it's an artifact, exactly, um, depending if you're playing best of three and such you um you might not have a person that would think about putting artifact removal in their deck and then you've got this you've got this titan engine coming up yeah that's a card that with the recent karn's bastion that's also a way to to speed up its titan production because it says put a charge counter on it well that's a counter which karn's bastion will when you proliferate will let you add another one so this would be an even faster way you you tap the you pay the three and you tap the titan forge to give it a counter and then you pay the four and the tap on the uh bastion and then you give it two counters at a time
1: yeah yeah and then you just you know it's just a scary thing to see or it's a it's enough of a distraction that people will give it attention for sure because mm-hmm. nine nine is no joke <laughs> no matter what it is
0: yeah yeah that's true sometimes people maybe focus a little bit too much on a creature or a planeswalker but these other permanents like like an artifact that it'll eventually go off that's yeah. something to keep an eye on
1: like uh elixir of life super good card
0: because
1: mm-hmm. like, you can just it costs one mana you can just leave it out there until you need it get five life, shuffle it back into your deck with the rest of your um, graveyard.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I pulled that up. Uh, Elixir of Immortality?
1: Uh, that's it, Elixir of Immortality.
0: Mm-hmm. You gain five life and shuffle it back in. Okay, yeah, that's nice. That's like a a better version of... What was that really old card that I used to play with? Um, Felden's cane. That one was also an artifact you would... You would reshuffle your library, your your graveyard back into your library, but this one's a little better because you also get that life. Plus, you get yeah. the immortality back into your
1: deck. Yeah, I remember oh, I, so I had that card. I pulled it out of a pack, and we played when we. I started getting everyone to start playing Magic again. I remember Angie, everybody was so upset about that card because a bunch of them had, <laughs> um, you know discard for my library or discard for my hand things and just i would luckily enough pull it in my first or second hand <laughs> right and i would just put it on the field and they would forget about it because yeah. it's really it does nothing until i activate it yeah and then eventually they started seeing how good it was and they would try to avoid me putting that out on the field
0: yeah
1: actually to the point it was so annoying that they all bought uh elixirs themselves Cause i think <laughs> angie has two um I think Paul and John also bought some. Uh-huh. It's a really good card.
0: Yeah. So in that's like you know people talk about metagames and all of that. In your metagame in your local group, that was meta uh, warping st- uh, format warping, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. Hmm.
0: So that's interesting because I'm looking at it and it has two artists credited: uh, Zoltan Boros and Gabor Ziv zazi or apologies ziv how do you say that ziv zazi something like that but anyway i don't see too many cards that have two artists working on a piece that's interesting yeah are there any cards uh that you in uh in modern horizons that you would want to maybe uh put a put an put an eye on to try out when they come out
1: um not particularly, but I heard that Snowlands are coming back, so I feel like something's gonna be important with the snow.
0: Yeah, I've seen like that chiller pillar, the only way to make it monstrous is you have to pay with snow mana.
1: Yeah, see, so there's gonna be some fun snow stuff, and it's gonna be really nice to see all this weird snow stuff happening again, because that hasn't been around for like twenty years.
0: Well, yeah, when there was the original Ice Age and Alliances in 96, 95, 96, I guess. And then when I stopped playing, uh, there was also Cold Snap in 2011, I think, which was like the sequel to the Ice Age block. Uh, so it brought back Snowlands, but that that was already, what is that, 2011? That was already yeah. a while ago as well. At
1: least 10 years, over 10 years for that.
0: Yeah, exactly so yeah bringing back snow full they're they're full art snow covered lands and they're gonna come in each pack oh
1: okay that's gonna be really interesting uh let's see how it plays out because Mm -hmm. that is a super cool i I feel like the snow mechanic is really cool having like weather specific cards is a pretty cool thing Mm -hmm. because i remember there was one where like as long as you control the a snow covered land like you you couldn't be hurt or something you're like like mm-hmm. it was oh your creatures couldn't take combat damage and i was like that is a dank card
0: yeah. yeah this set is like one of the most complex sets in a while because there's a lot of cards here that are like one of so they yeah. want you to play it with like older cards to augment some deck that you might have played for in the past but there are uh, apparently a lot of like snow related cards and changelings. oh and slivers. Those are like the three big oh. themes of this new yeah. set.
1: Angela would be happy. she loves slivers. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. There's already the first sliver which is climbing in price. It seems to be the most valuable at the moment. What's the price on that one? Um, yeah, people love slivers. and they went back to the classic sliver, the one that was like like kind of like weird looking yeah. instead of the humanoid one
1: oh man the i don't know i feel like all the art for slivers has been really good but Mm -hmm. uh it's just been like slowly evolving to look like xenomorphs
0: oh yeah yeah well these are definitely the like the most alien looking thing in in magic a lot of things are fantastical but like oh that's a bull but it has three horns instead of two yeah uh or dragons you know but this is like the most really like alien looking creature
1: yeah, because like, even the horrors, they look fantastical. They look like nightmarish things. And then those actually look like aliens.
0: Yes. Yeah. So hopefully, we uh, in the real world play group, maybe we'll uh, find some time after some of these cards come out and are out for a little while. Maybe we'll all get together and play some brand new modern decks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any, uh, any final thoughts on uh, magic as a whole?
1: You know, I'm actually really interested. You, you, did you hear about the uh, Netflix show? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've, I'm just curious. I just want to see what it's going to be like. I'm, I have my doubts, obviously, because it's mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to like games and stuff, it's not really good media out there for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to give it a chance. I hope it's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Uh, there's always been talk you know 20 or 25 years about a magic movie and it's never come to fruition it's just too complex like how are you going to i guess portray the mechanics and uh what characters are you using what plot are you doing etc well here if it's going to be some sort of like little bit of a longer form series uh it might work out because it uh it has more time to play but yeah we'll see how it goes um we don't want to be too pessimistic, but these game properties never quite work out f- from transferring from media to media. But we'll see how it works out.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a few, but you know what? I'm still gonna give it a chance out of just curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems to have a big pedigree, like a lot of directors and writers that are pretty big are are involved in it.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, I hope they have a decent budget for effects, because yeah, it's Magic the Gathering. It's got to look. Fantastic. hmm I mean, I hope so.
0: If they're able to kind of use the budget and the look that they did for the War of the Spark trailer, you know, the one the the one that everyone loved with uh Liliana in slow motion and all of that, if they were able to do that sort of style, I think people would be very happy.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I just want it to be decent. Not like I don't want it to look like sci-fi cheesy, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I want want to see some solid effects. Cause like I th- it was like a two point five D thing for the they used for the trailer because mm-hmm. that's how they've been showing off all their animations. Yeah, was like they took the the cars that they have and I, they put like a some sort of animation to it.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Did you catch the other announcement about Red Bull partnering up with Magic to do some tournament stuff?
1: Uh, I didn't see that, but I know Red Bull is super about alternate sports. So yeah. If it was going to be anybody it'd be them.
0: Yeah, and that had a trailer with animation that was completely different. It wasn't anything like trying to be like photorealistic. You should look that up when you can, the the Red Bull Magic announcement because that animation is completely stylized and completely cartoony, just very different than that you what you might be used to. But for the moment, I think Magic is in a good place. And I think it'll be continuing to move forward and get more players and keep exploring new game concepts and worlds. And I think it'll be better for it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think Arena did a really good job of pulling people in who would have never otherwise given it a chance because it's just simple, it's easy, it's right there. And it's got a pretty good tutorial to teach you how to understand magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely... I feel like it did positively, in fact, the player base a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I hope they put, uh, port it over to Mac soon. I, I'm on Windows, but I want everyone to play it, so I hope uh, Mac people get it soon. Although people are always clamoring, when's it coming to tablets? And I'm like, how are you going to put this complex game on a tablet? Even if you've got a huge tablet, uh, can you really fit everything on a tablet?
1: Yeah, I mean, like... You know, they got Hearthstone and, like, cards and castles and stuff, but I feel like I would even take it if it was just really, really under-optimized, but if I could play the game, you know, if I could play Magic Arena with my account on mobile, I would do it, mm-hmm. even if it was lacking some of the features, mm-hmm. uh, all all the, the shiny bells and whistles, as long as the core concept was there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, a big market share that they should tap into eventually, and they probably will. But technically, Arena's still in beta, even though it looks and plays really, really good, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, as we wind down, would you like to um, tell the listeners uh, um, anywhere they can uh, check you out again?
1: Um, all right. Uh, Twitter. Uh uh, I think I'm also on there as Ed Vibe Can't Sleep, so both Twitch and Twitter, Ed Vibe Can't Sleep. Mm-hmm. I'll be around. Uh, play all sorts of games, uh, not just card games. Uh, me and my friends are gonna stream our D and D sessions, so oh, cool. look out for that. That's gonna be coming up.
0: Hmm. Well, that's really cool. Uh, how How's that gonna be? Like a uh, camera set setups and such, or or audio? Yeah, or?
1: we've got a. It's gonna be a camera. So we've we actually got this. Like a d table with a PVC pipe mounted up top, mm-hmm. so that you can mount a camera up there, like a webcam mm-hmm. down on the field. And we have two player cams that we can move around.
0: That's nice. That sounds really, really pro. And uh, you'll catch all the angles and is there going to be any editing to it too, or, or like just kind of live stream?
1: Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be live stream, but I think uh, I'll take the VOD and then edit it down to just the important parts. Hmm.
0: Are you going to give the command zone a run for their money when they do their uh, as they do their uh, own uh, videos? Well,
1: I don't know about that, but at <laughs> least me and my friends will have you know we can look back at it and look at our campaign. And uh, so I, I bought some you know gotcha things from uh the anime convention
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I got a couple of Monster Hunter figures and I was like these are the perfect size for D, so mm-hmm. those are gonna be on there.
0: Well cool if people follow you uh, keep us up to date on that so we can see when when it comes out
1: most definitely
0: as for myself I'm on Twitter as well twitter.com slash VMCampos I've got vmcampos.com, which I should update a little bit more often uh i'm on youtube i stream every saturday 11 a.m and 11 p.m at gaming.youtube.com slash vm compost jr don't forget the jr part at the end and i consolidate all my stuff on patreon you can get a lot of free stuff on patreon just follow on patreon to keep up to date or if you go to the $1 tier, you get access to some exclusive stuff. If you go to the $2 tier, you can I'll actually mail you some vintage magic cards from back in the day. Uh, no, not a Black Lotus. Um, or just follow and uh, see what I'm doing up on Patreon there. So, once again, Ed Vibe, thank you so much for visiting the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.